So we're continuing with our series on the family church values, and we're now into part five of that. We had an intro, and then we're into the, the fourth, uh, the fourth value. So we're going to be talking more about that. We talked a lot about culture, about how everything has a culture as a church. We have we we have very much have an intentional culture, as in a defined culture in the way we want church to look as, as God leads. You know, these are based on biblical biblical principles. Um, yeah, to have a very much a defined culture. We don't want to just have a def- default culture that just kind of happens by accident. We want it to be very much defined. This is what it looks like for us as a church. This is who we are as the people people of God. Amen. And as a church, we kind of have three main aims. You can see these on our website and other places, which is to reach, grow, and empower. To reach, grow, and empower. And so we want to we want to reach people. Men as a church, we want to see people saved, and that's what we we talked last week about the great uh, the great commission to have a heart for the lost. Well, it was two weeks ago, wasn't it? Two weeks ago, we talked about to have a heart for the lost. So that's kind of reach that we're commissioned people. So we've talked about that value, the fact that 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 we should grow. We want that you should grow, and everyone around you should grow. Amen. Grow into all that God desires for us to be. And we talked about that last week that we are disciples. We should see ourselves as disciples. That's what the Bible calls us. And today we're going to talk about um, that we are an empowered people, or we are empowering. Amen? That, that God wants us to be equipped and empowered. So I'll come back to that in a second. But they reach, grow, and power. They're kind of the three aims of, of us as a church. So we are empowering is, is the kind of the strap line for that, is we're equipping disciples to serve God in all spheres of life. Equipping disciples to serve God in all spheres of life. So first it starts with seeing ourselves as disciples. We talked about last week. We talked about the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. A disciple is a follower or student of Jesus. That, that, that's who you are. Amen. The word, the word, there's nothing wrong with the word Christian, obviously. Um, but the word Christian isn't even in the Bible. What it always, when it always describes Christians, it always talks about uh, disciples. Disciples, followers of Jesus. And... And the discipleship is an ongoing journey. It's an ongoing growth that God desires to do in us. And we talked about that last week. It's a constant journey of constant growth. That's what God desires to do in you. You're on a constant journey. And God's will for you is to be on a constant journey of constant growth. And there's three. And the way that happens is by God transforming us. And there's two ways he does that. One's by transforming him through the Bible, through his word. We looked at Matthew 13:23 says this and some other scriptures, but the seed falling on good soil, Jesus speaking, was speaking this parable, the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. So God desires to produce a harvest in your life, amen, for you to grow. As the word is sown, as you, as you read the word, as you, as you hear the word being preached, and you apply it to your life for you to grow and, and to change. Amen? So that's one way we're transformed, and also we're transformed by the Spirit of God. So by the Word of God and the, and the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.18, we looked at last week. And we all who with unfailed, unfailed, unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So, that, so the, the job of the Holy Spirit is to transform you, and to change you, and to make you more and more Christ-like. Amen. And then we talked about the Word and the Spirit and how they work, how they work together. So if you missed last week, I encourage you to catch up on that. But that's all about being a disciple. What it what it means to be a disciple. So we're talking a little bit more about discipleship. In a sense, we need to see ourselves as disciples, but as 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 disciples, we also need to be equipped for life. 
Now, as a church, we, we unashamedly talk, talk very practically about how to outwork things in your life. And I think that's really, really important. That's the way that, that's the way that Jesus, Jesus taught. He always made things very, 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 very practical. Of course, there was a lot about theology and about Jesus revealing who he was and who his father was. Of course, that's all true. But also a lot of practical application. Amen? Read the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Jesus' incredible discourse that he, that he, he gives there is all about practical applications. You know, this is what prayer looks like. This is what fasting looks like. This is, this is, how, this is how you kind of like deal with marriage and, and how you deal with adultery or keep away from adultery and all those kind of different things. This is what love looks like and how you love your enemies and all those kind of different things that Jesus kind of, kind of dealt with. It's all about practical applications. This is what it, looks like, what it means to trust God. This is what it means about not, not to worry. You know, all those different things that Jesus covered in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Just this incredible, incredible sermon that he gives there. But it's all about practical applications, amen? And, and as a church, as I said, we, we unashamedly want to help you. Um, that's very much a focus, uh, kind of who we are, is, is to help you in life. I mean, that's what the word of God is for, as, uh, you know, ultimately, amen? Yes, it is to reveal God. Yes, that's theology. That just means a study of God. Yes, that's, that's absolutely true. It's revealed more and more of God's heart. But it's also, to, as, that, as that's revealed, then apply it to our lives. Amen? If you remember a while ago, we did a whole... About a year ago, I think it was pre-Christmas last year. Did a whole we did a whole series on from from theology to reality. Do you remember remember that? Did a whole series on that about how theology is incredibly important and having the right theology is incredibly important. Understanding who who God is and how He works, how He operates, who the Holy Spirit is, what Jesus did for us on the cross. All those things are incredibly important. But if we don't apply them to our lives, don't become a reality in our own life. It's just kind of dry theology. Does that make sense? It needs to actually outwork in our lives. You know, it's more like, well, well, Jesus died 2,000 years ago. That's, that's great. That's awesome. Now, what does that actually mean for me today? How does, how does that change me today? So theology should become reality. Amen. So as a church, we want to equip you. So we are an empowering church. It's, it's our family church value, number four. Ephesians 2, verses 8 to 10, Paul writes this, For it is by grace that you have been saved. It's through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Great passage of scripture. They're all great, obviously. <laughs> that we're saved, we're saved by grace. It's, un, it's God's unmerited favor. It's nothing that we've done. We can't, we can't boast about it. It's all because of Jesus. Jesus did everything. We, we've just accepted it. It's a, it's a free gift. If anyone tries to make Christianity anything other than a free gift, they've totally missed the central point of Christianity. If people are trying to earn it, trying to get acceptance, acceptance from God, and kind of you know, jump, jump through hoops. You know, maybe if I do this, God will love me a bit more. They've totally, if people are trying to do that, they've totally missed the essence of Christianity. And, and Jesus, when he was on the earth, he dealt with that, that, kind of, that, that issue, didn't he, over and over and over again, as the religious leaders and the way they kind of skewed uh, kind of skewed things or misunderstood things themselves. And Jesus was like, no, hang on a minute. It's, it's about relationship. It's about religion and a load of rules that you've just kind of made up. It's about relationship with the Father. Amen? So, we, so verse 10, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So we've been created by God. So look, turn to the person next to you and say, you've been created by God. <laughs> Tell yourself you've been created by God. So next time you look in the mirror, I don't know what, you, what your thoughts are when you look in the mirror. I don't know. <laughs> but 
tell yourself you're created by God. You're created in the image of God. Amen. That make you feel better, if nothing else. <laughs> so, so for we are God's handiwork. So we've been created by God, but we've also been created for God, created for a purpose. Turn to the person next to you and say, you were created for God. And tell yourself that as well. I was created for God. Okay, so you're created by God and you're created for God. Okay, God created you with, with a purpose. And this is what, it's talking about, what Paul's talking about here. With God's handiwork, you're created by him, and you're creating Christ Jesus to do good works, which he's set out for us in advance for us to do. Okay? So God has a plan for our lives. Hopefully we all understand, everyone understands this as Christians. Amen, hopefully. That God has a plan for your life. Amen? The things that God desires to do, do in you. I believe that, you know, um, you know, even as a, as a fetus, God has already given you a purpose and a plan. You know, Psalm 139 says that we're knit together in our mother's womb. Even at that stage, God already knows, knows who you are. Even at that stage, there's a purpose and a plan uh, for your life that God desires for you to do. And this will be true for every human being on the planet. You know, and obviously, there's a lot of people on this planet that don't know God, but God has a purpose and a plan for them. It's God's heart that, that none should perish. Amen. That's what scripture, scripture makes clear. Amen. So we're created by, by God. We're created by God and we're created for God and for his purposes. Now Ephesians 4 verse 11 and 12 says this. So this is, so remember we're talking about equipping, how we want to help you and equip you. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. Jesus gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So it's talking about different kind of um, offices, if you can call it that, offices in a, in a church or different ministries, ministries in a church. And the whole purpose of those ministries is all about equipping the body of Christ. Amen? And ultimately, that's the purpose of, of church leaders. The purpose of church itself, really, is to equip you, equip the body of Christ to edify the body of Christ. Now, myself and Wendy, as pastors, obviously we have a responsibility to, to pastor people and, and to help people and, and guide people and lead people in life and to you know, meet with people and, and help them, etc. That's kind of all part of pastoring. But ultimately, our responsibility is to help equip you and to empower you for life. And that's what it's talking about. That's what Paul's talking about here in these, these different, different ministries here. And these can be specific offices. We haven't really got time to, like, this could be a whole series in itself talking about these five. Okay? These could be offices or they could just be different ministries. And um, our senior pastor, Andy Elms, for those of you who, who know him or know him well, will know that he very much operates in all five of these. I've seen him do all five of these, often almost at the same time. <laughs> he's very evangelistic. He's very prophetic. He's very incredibly apostolic in the way he leads. Um, he's, a, he's a great pastor and a great teacher. And I've seen him doing all of those on one Sunday. Or one like we've been away at a men's like a men's retreat. And I've seen them use all the same at the same time. Okay, so I don't think these are necessarily. A, these don't always have to be specific people. Okay, just to kind of clarify that. Like, well, here's the apostle, and here's the prophet, and here's the pastor, and here's the teacher, and here's the evangelist. I don't think that's that's what Paul is is talking about here. And Paul worked in all five of these as well himself. Okay, but what he's talking about is diff, different ministries that happen in church, and one person could have several of these. But it's talking about church. What it is talking though is about church leadership. But the purpose of church leadership is to empower you and equip you. Amen. Does that make sense? Great. You're very quiet this morning. You're still with me. Fabulous. So the purpose of church leaders is to equip the saints. You are a saint. Did you know that you are a saint? Yeah. I don't know whether you follow Southampton or, or, or not. Me, me and Jack 
had the pleasure or misfortune of being there yesterday to watch us lose again <laughs> for the tenth, tenth time in 12 games we've lost. So there we go. What can you say? And the Bible says keep on praying for all the saints. So keep praying for saints because they need it or we're going to get relegated. Anyway, but the Bible calls us, describes us as, as, as saints. Amen? So the purpose of church leaders is to equip the saints, to equip the saints to serve God. So saints just mean yeah, a Christian, a believer. So why do we actually need to be equipped? Why does it even matter whether we're equipped or, or not? Well, it is actually really, really important to be equipped and to be empowered. God does not want us just aimlessly kind of going through life, hoping for the best, hoping that things will work out. I mean, if that works for you, great. But, but I think there's a, there's a much, much better way. God wants you to be empowered and equipped to be spiritual about these things and, 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 and to help you in that. I want to read a story from uh, 1 Samuel in the Old Testament. And it's, it's a, a story of, um, of the Israelites and, and King Saul is a, well, the king, obviously, at that time. King Saul is the king at that time. And it's kind of like doing some stuff with his son, uh, Jonathan. And what's happening in this context in 1, 1 Samuel, for those of you who know that, that part of the Bible, there's these ongoing battles between the Israelites and the Philistines, the bad guys. And it just goes, this goes on and on and on again. It almost goes like round, round in a cycle. There's these ongoing battles between the two. And, and David and Goliath comes a, bit, comes a little bit later. Um, but it's kind of like this ongoing, ongoing stuff that goes on between them. But it says this. Saul and his son Jonathan, should be on screen, there you go. Saul and his son Jonathan and the men with them were staying in Gibeah of Benjamin while the Philistines camped at Michmash. That's a great name. Wouldn't you love to live at Michmash? Awesome. (laughs) Raiding parties went out from the Philistine camp in three detachments. One turned towards Oprah, Ophrah, I'm not sure, in the vicinity of Shuel. Another towards Beth Horon and a third towards the borderland overlooking the valley of Zeboim facing the wilderness. Now, this is kind of the key bit I want to talk about. Not a blacksmith could be found in the whole land of Israel because the Philistines have said, otherwise the Hebrews will make swords or spears. So all Israel went down to the Philistines to have their plowshares, mattocks, axes, and sickles sharpened. So that's all like farming equipment. The price was two-thirds of a shekel for sharpening plowshares and mattocks and a third of a shekel for sharpening forks and axes and for repointing goads. So on the day of the battle, not a soldier with Saul and Jonathan had a sword or spear in his hand. Only Saul and his son Jonathan had them. Okay? So what's, what it's talking about here is the Philistines, they kind of maybe had a light bulb moment. And they're like, what we can actually do here is, is basically get rid of the Israelite blacksmiths. Is, is we can deal with this. If they, if they don't have weapons, then they're not going to be effective. Right? They don't have sort of, obviously no guns and all those kind of things then, but swords, swords and spears and etc. If we can get rid of the blacksmiths, those people who forge and, and, and would create and forge and, and sharpen sharpen weapons, if we if we can deal with them and, and remove them, the Israelites are going to have a major major problem. And they did that because they knew that the Israelite army needed to be equipped. Right? That's that's reality. Right? What's going on here? So if they could stop the Israelites from being equipped, they could stop them in their tracks and prevent further Israelite victories. If we can deal with this, if we can remove their weapons, these things, the things that they need, we know, we know that God was with them and God brought them loads of amazing victories anyway, but this was the way the Philistines were thinking. They weren't thinking spiritually at all. But they were thinking that if we remove their equipment, their swords, shields, etc., then, then basically we can win. Right? Makes sense. You can see the practical logic of what they, was, what they were doing there. Now, I just want to kind of bring this into a spiritual context. It's, it's spiritually, the enemy, the devil, Satan, he wants to remove your weapons. 
Satan does not want you to be equipped in life. He wants you to go through life kind of aimlessly. You know, if Satan can't get you into hell, you know, you're on your way to heaven. That's awesome. That's brilliant. But so Satan can't, can't, can't stop that. He's, he's, he's kind of lost, you know, lost that battle. But what he then will try and do is stop you from being equipped. He's stop you from, trying to stop you from being empowered. They'll try and make you, make, uh, you know, bring temptations, bring, bring traps, and all those kind of things that the devil does. It will generate circumstances that, that you know, will be difficult and may get, take you off course, etc. That's what the devil will try and do. But he will try and remove your weapons for life. We're trying to stop you from being equipped and trying to stop you from being empowered. Remember that God has a purpose for your life. So that what the devil does is will try and take away your equipment to serve God and his purposes. So just like the way that God wants to empower you and equip you, then the devil wants to disequip you. I don't know if that's even a word. <laughs> I've made it a word. He wants to disequip you and disempower you. That's definitely a word, disempower. Disarm, disarm. That's the right word. That's a better word. He wants to disarm you and disempower you. Right? That's what, that's what the devil wants to do. That's, that's a reality. So it's really, really important that we are equipped. One, we have our eyes open about what the devil wants to do. We don't have to fear him. We should never, uh, I will always say this, you should never ever fear the devil or anything the devil can do. Because, because we have the Holy Spirit inside us. Amen? We should never, ever live in fear. God does not desire for us to live in fear or anxiety or in stress or you know, to be worried about what the devil uh, you know, can or can't do. We've been brought into a brand new kingdom. Amen? We've been brought out of the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of his son. The Holy Spirit lives in us. There's nothing that the devil can do to us unless we allow him to do it. You know, the Bible says we, can, we submit ourselves unto God. We can resist the devil. He must flee. That's the reality, amen? The devil has no authority in your life. If you're a believer this morning, that all authority the devil did have in your life is gone. Does that make sense? That authority has been completely removed. He has no right to do anything in your life at all. Amen? That's a great truth, amen? So never ever fear anything the devil might try and do. Amen? You've got the Holy Spirit inside us. We're, we're children of the living God. Praise God. But the enemy will, we just need to have our eyes open at the same time, that the enemy will try and prevent you from being equipped to serve God in his purposes. And we don't want to be like those Israelites who are just you know, left without weapons, you know, just, just totally disarmed. And what are we going to do now? Um, you know, panicking and Saul and Jonathan, only the king and his son were the only ones left with a sword or a spear because of what the Philistines had done of getting get rid of, of the blacksmiths. So we never want to be like that, amen? We want to be equipped for life. So what does equipping actually look like in a church context? Well, here's to some, here's to some examples I would use. You know, preaching the word, doing what we're doing right now. Preaching the word and listening to the word, this is a great way of you being equipped. Remember, we talk a lot about practical applications, as I said earlier. I'd encourage you to take, take notes, listen to the messages later. I, I'd, I'd encourage you to do that, even if you've already heard it. Listen to the messages, and you can listen to messages from all our family church congregations as well. And I know there's loads of great Christian podcasts and stuff everywhere. I mean, you, there's no excuse, for, you know, there's no, or there's no lack of Christian teaching this day and age, amen? Yeah, I know not everything about the internet is great. I would agree with that. But a lot of that stuff about the internet is fantastic and has been great for spreading the gospel message. And you can find so much great quality Christian teaching. I know you have to be a bit careful with some, with some of it, a bit wise. Um, but you'll find tons and tons and tons of great Christian teaching. And you can hear all the family church congregations um, as much as you want, which is awesome. So yeah, but preaching the word is really, really important. It's a great way of being empowered and being equipped. Knowing what, what does the word of God say about my situation? Like the Israelites here in a battle situation, if you feel like you're in a spiritual battle right now, what does the word of God say about that situation? 
you know, we can have two kind of different reactions. We can kind of, you're in that situation, kind of like, woe is me, but, you know, God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Just like the Israelites were with David and Goliath in that situation, whereas David was a man of a totally different, different spirit who just totally trusted God. Amen? So how, how to react in that situation. But this is where the word of God is just so helpful. Amen? Because it will empower you, equip you, change you. Amen? It will change your perception of the situations that you're in. Empower you for life, for all that God desires you to do. God wants you to be victorious in your circumstances. Amen? Paul said that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. That God can do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Ephesians 3.20. Amen? Do we believe that this morning? Amen? Yes, so often it just starts with having a victorious mindset, but that comes back to our, our, you know, our thinking being changed, and that comes back to us being transformed by the renewing of our minds in Romans 12, verse 2. So this is, that's what the purpose of the Word of God, to change, change your thinking, change your perception of the situation that you're in. Amen? So preaching the Word, it will empower you and equip you. I'm just going to kind of through very practical things here. Connect groups. I'd really, really, really encourage you, if you're not in a connect group, to get into a connect group. I'm not going to ask you to put up hands, because that's, maybe that's not fair <laughs> to ask you to put up hands if you're in a connect group. But if you're not in a connect group, I'd really, really, really encourage you to get in one. We've got ladies' ones, men's ones, um, mixed ones, that's the right <laughs> terminology, if you know what I mean, for men and women, um, that meets during the day. Um, and another mixed one that meets on Wednesday nights, Steve Smith runs. So there's loads, there's kind of like connect groups for everyone. I'd really, really, really encourage you to get into a connect group. I know loads, loads of you have your young kids and therefore, there can be practical issues. And of course, I understand that, and God understands that. But I'd really encourage you to get into a connect group if you're not in one, because it is a great place to be empowered and equipped. Amen? And do you know what? You may have a part to play in empowering and equipping others as well. It's really, really important to understand that. Because so often, as Christians, we can just be thinking about me, 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 me. I don't mean selfishly, but I mean just thinking about, yeah, God, what do you want to do in me? But actually, you could, be a, you, you could be the very person that needs to empower and equip somebody else. God could be using you to do that. Amen? So, you know, so we, need, we need fellowship. Amen? And fellowship during, during the week. We don't want to just be Sunday Christians. You know, just go from Sunday to Sunday. God wants you to be empowered yeah, and equipped throughout the week. So if you're not in a connect group, I'd really encourage you to get into one. If you don't know where they, where they are, you can find them on the website. Um, and it tells you where they all are. I'll come and speak to, speak to myself and Wendy. We'll point you in the right direction and we'll introduce you to the connect group leader etc but i'd really encourage you to get into one amen amen <laughs> praise god there's diff- different courses that we put on these are these are ways of empowering you and, and equipping you we've got the welcome home course that's starting next week so next thursday for example and, and a welcome home course that's uh is it this thursday this thursday sorry not next thursday this coming thursday and that's for those for those who are, who are new new to the church or, or brand or new christians and that's kind of go kind of through the basics of Christianity. If you haven't done the Welcome Home course, I'd really, really, really encourage you to do it. You can go on the app and register. You can go and speak to Lorna, who runs the course as our discipleship leader. And you just have a great time over six weeks. Is it six weeks? Seven weeks. Seven weeks. <laughs> I don't know much about the course, do I? <laughs> Starts this week, and it's seven weeks. Anyway, but you have a, you have a great time. And, and just learn loads of kind of the basics and foundations of Christianity. And like I said, if you haven't done that, I'd really, really, really encourage you to do it. Because it's a great way to be empowered and equipped. Amen? That's what, that's what we're doing. And we don't just put things on for the sake of it. We'll never, ever be a church that just does things for the sake of it. That will never, ever be our aim. That will never be our goal. That will never be the, the, the culture that we, we desire. We'll always do things with a purpose. Amen? So Welcome Home is about empowering you and equipping you. So I'd encourage you to do that if you haven't done it. We've got a marriage enrichment course uh, that's coming up. 
Um, that starts on Wednesday, the 19th of October. It's in a few weeks. It's a six-week course. It is down in Portsmouth, um, but, it, but it is a fantastic course. So it's for those who are already married, not, not people who are thinking about getting married. It's for those who already are married. And it's all about enriching your marriage. What, what does a godly marriage look like? What does a spiritual marriage look like? What does it mean to put God first in, in your marriage? Because yeah, if you're married, you know, God wants you to have a fantastic marriage. Amen? Marriage is a concept. It wasn't created by man or by woman. It was created by God himself. It's, it's, a, it's a godly institution. Whatever the government say about these things, it's, very much, it's totally a godly institution. It's not owned by human beings. It's owned by God himself, as far as we're concerned as a church. Amen? So I encourage you to sign up for that. You, have a fantastic, you can find it on the, on the app again. We've got a Soul Winner course coming up. I mentioned Soul Winner a couple of weeks ago. And we talked about being commissioned. But again, it's a great course just to empower you and equip you. It's just online. It's on YouTube live. It's totally free. All these courses are free. Um, it's totally free. It's for over five weeks. That starts on Thursday 19th. I said Wednesday the 19th. The other marriage enrichment. One of those dates is wrong. But anyway, it starts soon. <laughs> it can't be two different days on the same day. Anyway, that starts very, very soon. Um, you can sign up at soulwinner.co.uk. Write that, write that down if you need to write it down, soulwinner.co.uk. And that's just a fantastic course. And it's all about how to reach people in your world. How, how, and it's all about, again, about empowering you and equipping you. We want you to be equipped to reach others. And, and so often, one of the hardest things could be, well, how do I even talk to people about Jesus? How do I even start a conversation? So it kind of break, you know, breaks that all down. What does that actually look like? How do, you, how do you pray for the lost? How, how do you reach the lost? How do you start a conversation about Jesus? How do you kind of bring them into your, into your world of uh, you know, the people that you've, you've got in your world? How do you kind of bring those, that, sorry, how do you bring Jesus into those conversations, bring them into your world? Amen? How do we talk about church, about Jesus, what Jesus has done for us? How, how do we do that? And it can be a daunting and scary thing, right? Where do I, where do I even start with this in this world that is... You know, very godless in a lot of ways. Why do we even start with a you know, conversation about Christianity? So I'd encourage you to sign up for that. Soulwinner.co.uk. That's starting in October at some point. My date's not right. But anyway, sometime in October, that's five-week course running on Thursday, Thursday nights, 20th. There you go. It's the 20th, Thursday, 20th. There you go. So it's starting in a couple of weeks. And that's just all done. It's pastor Andy runs a course, our senior pastor. It's all done through YouTube live. You can send in questions you know, through the comment section. It's, it's, it's brilliant. I've done it, done it twice. It's a fantastic course. I'd highly recommend it. Amen. So it's a way of empowering you and equipping you. So this is stuff that we desire to do as a church. Because remember, it's important that we're empowered and equipped. The devil wants to disarm you. He wants to disempower you. So let's not allow the devil to, to, to either prevent us from being armed or to remove the armaments we've already got. Amen. Let's continue to be empowered and equipment. Empowered and equipped by Him. Another thing I wanted to mention: what equipping looks like is about the gifts of the Spirit. And we haven't got time to kind of look at all this, all this this morning because it's kind of a bit more in-depth, kind of uh, in-depth teaching. We'll talk more, a lot more about this when we talk about the family church value of that we are spiritual people. We are spiritual, so that will be in a, in a few weeks, because we'll talk about the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit works, and the, and the gifts of the Spirit, etc., what the Holy Spirit does, fruit of the Spirit, and the gifts of the Spirit. So we'll talk about that in a few more weeks. Um, but the gifts of the Spirit, just to kind of touch on it, really, you know, because we have the Holy Spirit within us, he wants to use us in the gifts of the Spirit. And there's different things, you know, like discernment, and there's a the power gift, like the gifts of faith, and, and the gifts of healing. And, and different things like that. So we'll talk about that in a, in a few weeks' few weeks' time. But the whole purpose of that, again, is to empower you and equip you. Equip you for life. Amen? But to understand that we are spiritual people, so we'll talk about that. 
So I just kind of just want to leave you with this, this challenge, really, is are you ready to be equipped? Are you ready to be equipped more than you already are? Amen? Amen. Are you positioned for equipping? You know, as Christians, we have to be, and I, I talk a lot about intent, intentionality. I can't even say the word, intentionality. But it is so, so important to be intentional about this stuff. Because so often we can just, we can just drift as, as Christians but you have to be intentional. You have to make intentional decisions. You have to make great decisions. Say, God, I want you to empower me. I want you to equip me. I want you to change me. I want you to, I want you to use me. I, I want to live out the purposes, Lord, that you have for me. I don't want to just drift through life. But, you know, but that means making some great decisions and being intentional about that. As a church, we, and Pastor Andy particularly talks a lot about this, about the difference between equipped Christians and seated Christians. You know, the devil would, would love nothing more than for us just to go through life just kind of waiting for heaven. You know, the devil, what, what's the devil going to do if we're, if we're in that position? As I said, he, he, can't, he's not, he can't take you to hell because you're on your way to heaven and you've been saved, and that's fantastic. But if the devil can do nothing else, he'll just, he'll just get you just to drift through life to be kind of a seated Christian that's counting down the days to heaven. Because you're totally ineffective. You're not going to reach anyone. You're not, you're not going to change. You're not going to be able to empower, equip, or anybody else. You're not going to rub off on anybody else. Are you going to have the marriage to, and the family life that God desires you to have? Absolutely not. Right? Because you're not being empowered and equipped. You're just drifting through life. God wants, to, God wants to change you. But you have to be intentional about that. God does not want you to be a seated Christian. He wants you to be an equipped Christian. Amen? And what you can accomplish for God together, or what you can accomplish for God in your own life, what you can, what you can do for God once you are equipped, is just so, so powerful. Once, you, once you've got those weapons, once you've got the spiritual sword, and we, we could talk about the armor of God, but we haven't really got time. And Ephesians 6, again, that's all about equipping you, isn't it? And the sword of the Spirit, which is, is the word of God, and the shield, shield of faith, and, and all those different breast, breastplate of righteousness, and all those different things, it can break down. Uh, we could break those things down. This is a great list that, that Paul makes. Again, they're all about equipping you, amen, and, and making you ready for the, for the battle that God has for you, and God desires for you to be victorious in. So the difference between a Christian who's an equipped and a Christian who isn't equipped is absolutely huge. It's incredibly significant, and there aren't two different classes of Christians. That isn't what I mean by that. You know, if you're on your way to heaven, you're on your way to heaven. There aren't different classes of Christians, but God does desire you to be equipped and empowered, amen? And will you be more effective if you're equipped and empowered? Absolutely. Amen? Will you live more out of, will you fulfill more of the purpose that God has for you? Absolutely. Amen? And what can we accomplish together as a church body for all equipped? You know, if one person has got a sword or a spear in, in an army situation, you think about kind of medieval times, and you've got one person with a sword and a spear, great, and David and Jonathan did in this account that we read, what about the whole army you're equipped? How effective can they be? You know, Paul talks about the, as I, as I mentioned, about the um, you know, about the army of God, and Paul was a Roman citizen. He knew about knew about Rome and how the Roman army worked. The Roman army is probably the most effective army there's ever been. Now they were pretty brutal. I'm not recommending. <laughs> that's a, that's a good way of living. Okay, but the Roman army were incredibly effective. I know you teach about the Roman army, don't you? And how they kind of worked, and how they held the shields over their heads, and they all kind of worked together. And they, they were just fantastic. And over, over, you know, in the way that they worked, incredibly disciplined, were able to take over the whole of Europe. Um, you know, in the way that they did. Including, including Britain, of course. Because they all just worked together. They were very, very well trained and very, very well equipped. And they had all worked together. They all knew their place. They all knew they had a part to play. And they was kind of 
get, no, they'd probably get killed if they didn't have a, <laughs> fulfill their part. That's probably true. That's the way things worked there back then. But they were incredibly well equipped, incredibly well disciplined, and no other armies basically had a chance. They didn't last five minutes because they were so well equipped. Amen. So what can we accomplish together as a church body? That's why I want to leave you with. What can we do together? Amen. If we are all equipped people. We all have the swords and, and, and spirit, uh, swords and, and spears, and like the Israelites here, or like, like Saul and Jonathan were left with, we all have those swords and spears. What more could the Israelites have done in the context that they were in? But spiritually, what, how much more can we all do together if we see ourselves as equipped people and empowered people? Amen? For we all understand that God has a purpose for us, and all of us together, we have a purpose together as a church to reach this community. How much more can we do together? How much more territory can we take together for God if we all are equipped and empowered by him? Amen? So we see ourselves as disciples. We understand it's a constant journey of constant growth. And then we allow God to empower us and to equip us in every single way. Amen? To get in a connect group, to hear the word preached, go on courses, do whatever you need to do, whatever empowering and equipment looks like, but to do those things and the gifts of the Spirit, which we'll come back to in a future week, as I said. So as I said, kind of the strap line of our church is to reach, grow, and empower. Let's be an empowered people. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. I'm just going to pray just a prayer over you of just equipping this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're so, so good. You're so good. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank you, Lord. In, Lord, in life, Lord, you've given us a purpose. Lord, and you've given us a plan, Lord, for our lives. Lord, I thank you you haven't lift, left us without tools, Lord, without the equipment that we need. And I pray, Lord, as, as a body of people, Lord, that you will empower us. Lord, you will equip us. I pray, Lord, that will start with us making an intentional decision about it. Lord, God, not to drift through life. Lord, but just to be used by you, Lord, for you to change us, give us all the tools that we need, Lord, to guide us, Lord, and to lead us. And I pray as a church body, Lord, we would just be so effective for you. Lord, we don't want to ever be a church that's like the situation that Saul and Jonathan were in, where they were just left without, only they, they were equipped, but nobody else was. Lord, I pray, Lord, we'll all be empowered and equipped by you. Lord, use us for your purposes. Lord, use us for your glory. Lord, change us, Lord, through your word. Lord, make us, make us new, mould us. Lord, do what you desire to do in us. Lord, change us, change, change our thinking. Lord, help us to make great choices, to be intentional about these things. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, use in each and every one of us. Lord, may we be, Lord, like the Roman army, Lord, in a spiritual sense, may we be such an effective army for you as a church. Lord, may we take territory for you. Lord, may we reach so many people. Lord, may the dominion of darkness, Lord, be, be crushed and squashed in this area, Lord, because of what you're doing through us as a church, as, as each and every one of us, Lord, is empowered and equipped by you, given the weapons, Lord, that we need for life. Lord, may all of us, Lord, just, Lord, live in personal victory in our life. In the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, may we be victorious over sin, victorious over circumstances, Lord God. Lord, empower, empower us, equip us, change us, Lord, for your glory. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're so, so good. Amen. Amen.